this is such a strange thing, right? Where where to begin? And uh, I, I think it sort of ties into uh, ties quite perfectly into what you want to discuss here today. Um, so let me just sort of lay the context uh, for uh, our audience, our four point four million strong audience. Uh, which is I have always wanted to sort of uh, always or at least for the last few years I've fancied the idea of uh, having a podcast and you know uh, having conversations and explorations with my friends Uh, but for whatever reasons and we'll get into those reasons maybe uh, that never happened and uh, recently I rekindle that because I found a champion in you for that same endeavor (laughs) and uh, you were of the opinion that we should jump into it right away and you gave me a couple of hours time and said okay I'm going to give you a couple of hours pick up a topic and let's get started and I was sort of uh, uh, whining complaining rationalizing why that's not something I'm comfortable with and I want to take some time to explore the topic, the theme of the uh, podcast or the vision and also the structure because I want to do something more interesting and I want to put out a product that I feel is of a high quality and also the experience is inherently something that leads to insight. And uh, you you and I then got into a conversation just about that because this is something you suspect about me that uh, uh, that there is something like uh, like perfectionism that's kicking in here that sort of prevents me from getting started. And then we were just having a chat about this and I think, I don't know if it was you or me, one of us decided, okay, if you really want to talk about something in short notice, let's just talk about this. Right? You and were the one. I was the one, okay, yeah. And... Uh, I really didn't do much in terms of... I, di- I didn't get a lot of traction in the beginning when I was introspecting into this. But we'll get into that a little later. So anyways, I wanted to, I think, uh, say a few, read a few lines from uh, an essay that's very dear to me by, uh, I think, probably the only poet I know, uh, David White. It's from his uh, book called Consolation, which is a collection of essays with uh, the essays are about uh, different words just one word and uh, so this is Sorry, a very essays what's what's the name of the author David White and oh, it, okay. and it's the and the book is Consolations it's a collection of essays and uh, every essay the title is just a word and he basically explores the word and often in very counterintuitive ways and so this word is beginning, which I think is sort of uh, relevant to our conversation, you know, maybe when to begin, you know. Uh, so I'll just read. It's the last paragraph of the essay, and it's a very tiny essay. Okay, so here it goes. It is always hard to believe that the courageous step is so close to us that it is closer than we ever could imagine, that in fact, we already know what it is and that the step is simpler, more radical than we had thought. Which is why we often prefer 
the story to be more elaborate, our identities clouded by fear, the horizon safely in the distance, the essay long on errand needs to be, and the answer safely in the realm of impossibility. And uh, can you repeat that last line again? The last line is basically that the radical step is simpler, much simpler than we thought. And then he goes on to say, which is why we often prefer the story to be more elaborate, our identities clouded by fear, the horizon safely in the distance, the essay longer than it needs to be, and the answer safely in the realm of impossibility. Which, in this case, the essay being longer would be me needing another week to research and explore uh, the theme or the structure to feel like that threshold has been broken. And now uh, what what needs to be said or created or co-created or collaborated on will organically sort of manifest, you know, just to feel, okay, now is when it's right. Uh, and he's sort of chastising that if we are going to have like a very sincere inquiry, we, we, we know that the, the radical step is already here and now is, is, is when to, to commit and that it's much more simpler. It's, it's, it's just a nudge, you know, that the, 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 what it needs to get started is already here. You know it. You know, so that sort of uh, uh, revelation or rejoinder that he, he, he makes, uh, it has always sort of resonated with me because that sort of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the audience that he's talking to, you know, that, that sort of ocean of, of uh, uh, committed procrastinators, I have found myself to be one of them. So anyways, uh, <laughs> let's, let's get started. So uh, before I share with you my introspection and sort of make your case easier, uh, let me just sort of label. I was or am in the camp that we should take some more time, be a little more thoughtful, uh, research a little, brainstorm, and then start a podcast. That's the camp I am in. And uh, how would you label your camp? And uh, you can go ahead and sort of describe that. Okay. I think um, because of what you just read, then I had noted down something because I was looking in through a couple of videos today. So from I'm going to read out a particular statement. Like rather, it's a it's a set of words written by Stephen Pressfield from the art, the War of Art. Yeah. And very cool writes, book. Um. Yeah. Oh, you've read it? I have not read it. Like most books, I've read the first 20, 30%. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So, so the, word, the words are, the amateur, on the other hand, over-identifies with his avocation, his artistic aspiration. He defines himself by it. He is a musician, a painter, and a playwright. Resistance loves this. Resistance knows that the amateur composer will never write a symphony because he is overly invested in its success and over-terrified of its failure. The amateur takes it so seriously that it paralyzes him. Um, So when I was reading this, and I had also shown you that particular 
um, procat, pro, pro, perfectionist trap video from Alain de Botton where that specific line that I think I really, I really liked and I wanted to sort of um, speak to is that I'd rather to, to talk about the camp that I come from, I think. Um, I'm going to say that I'll just state the line which says, are we willing to forgive the horrors of our early draft? Do we have it in us to tolerate ourselves from producing junk um you know so i'm of the camp we should produce those junk we should produce the early draft it need not maybe not necessarily been put out to people but i think when you sort of continue to to put yourself out there is some behavioral um some habitual agency that gets set in and so we kind of commit to um, the rigors of the the podcast the environment um, what are we trying to understand out of it how are we looking at approaching a topic I think we get to do all of that and over the period in time I don't know if we are going to share this I, I I did want to put this on Clubhouse and I've not done that while we're talking. So I'll just finish off with what camp I am in, right? I'm of the camp that um, refine, try, put it out. Even putting out for me is the end of this recording. It need not necessarily be even outside, right? But the more we do that, the more we are looking into our early drafts. And so yeah. that gives us chances to to reflect. I usually don't do that because for I'll also explain a few things I think from my own childhood, uh, which I just realized right now. I've always been the kid who's been told to sing, to dance in front of like a, a visiting relative or a friend or like, you know, an, a parent's friend or somebody um, and it didn't matter if I knew the songs completely well or, you know. And I think as a child, nobody cares a lot about like how perfect it is, right? They care about like, oh, you know, the kid's confident enough to come out and sing. So I've had my practice of being put out on a stage several times, I think. So it just maybe got, I just got it. I think maybe it was slightly easier for me to not worry about what the other people thought because people charitably gave me a lot of compliments as a child. And so maybe that stemmed into some belief system inside that, you know, people will be charitable to my my efforts. I think maybe I take the world for granted in that manner. I don't know, but maybe I'd like to explore what that means you know yeah okay so you want to pause and then uh, uh, yeah I, I will pause and uh, we'll get the clubhouse detail up yeah just a few minutes yeah yeah so there are a couple of threads in what you share right most importantly is uh, the, the camp that you belong to right which is the bias for action camp right the the camp that 
where action just sort of freely flows. But before before we talk about that, I, I do want to sort of comment on that thing uh, about stage fright, right? About how from a young age you were encouraged to sort of uh, quote-unquote perform. And uh, for a moment I'm going to ignore whether, you know, you got healthy validation uh, or, or like ample dose or like a healthy dose of validation or not and sort of focus on the fact that uh, the stage, you know, metaphorically speaking, is something you've become very comfortable with. Years of performance, right? Not just simply the, the sort of spontaneous uh, demand uh, to to sort of entertain uh, a bunch of uncles and aunties, but also at a very uh, elite level, be it the uh, be it Bharatanatyam, be it all the other dance forms, be it the kacheri and the, the the singing that you took 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 part in, all that with with a very large audience, that the 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 stage has become like a home, so you don't really recognize the threshold. Right, uh, that oh, I'm stepping onto a stage. In your mind, yeah, I'm ste- stepping on a stage, and I'm going to say a few things. I'm going to perform. Oh, maybe e- even that boundary that I am going to perform is not very pronounced. Now, of course, you know, and like the very fact, like right now, the the idea that we are recording this conversation, and that uh, uh, somewhere the idea, the notion that somebody could potentially listen to this, does in some measure inform this conversation similarly you having a conversation with me and then somebody just pulling you and saying hey can you just get up on 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 the stage and say a few words is of course a very different dynamic but it's just a different dynamic in the sense you're moving from the uh the living room to the kitchen there's a different dynamic right but it's not it's not something that that really uh is alarming or uh that really sort of uh, wakes up your safety mechanisms. So I think that's a very interesting thing. And and that is a reason why for you, uh, this does not seem like a, a proposition that is getting on a podcast and recording, uh, aka getting on the stage, is not a, a proposition that demands a lot of preparation. Because you don't see ultimately any specialness you know, it's not it's not on a pedestal performance, right? Whereas for me, I am not somebody who has done that a lot, right? Uh, whereas, let's say, counseling a friend, okay, again, in quotes, if somebody calls me and says, uh, dude, so-and-so friend of ours wants to have a word with you, you know, they, 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 they seem to be in a tough place, It my of course, my notion is that God knows if I can say any soothing words or or provide any genuine guidance, but that context uh, uh, does not in any way threaten me. I'll pick up the phone and and probably cry along, but that situation does not uh, cause any consternation. So in that context, if I have to say like that's a stage to somebody else, say somebody else who's very uncomfortable uh, to 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 give uh, consolation for that person you know, or dude, I'm not good at this. I'm not comfortable with this. For them, there is something like a boundary there that demarcates that context, right? So this whole not having a stage fright, I think that's a really, really salient point that makes you free. Because for you, 
uh, performance is not a dynamic it's 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 a dynamic that's very natural to you you know and 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 we all have that performative element in uh, in 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 other quantities or in other sort of configurations in our life right like when a guest comes home and then you've been just walking around sitting in cap- absolutely in a relaxed body language maybe uh, making fart jokes and let's say a guest uh, uh, you know rings the bell and enters the house immediately a dynamic is shifted right but but it's still you still naturally at 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 some degree of ease of course it's a different avatar that comes on it's a bit more measured it's a bit more edited but you're still more relaxed because it's not the first time that somebody who's not a family member has entered the living spaces right so this it's a, there's a certain degree of comfort and i feel a similar it's still an analogy that's that's the in that vein i think uh, people like you and karna uh you know my brother is somebody else i can think of who is very comfortable stepping onto the stage and probably that's why for you the idea that oh, like we can let's just jump on let's be iterative let's get on a stage let's see something okay it's fine if if it's if it's not the perfect melody i'll i'll, I'll nail it the next time that sort of orientation i think comes more naturally than it does to me so uh that's my point on the on the on the stage uh but yeah if if you want to if you want to say a word or two about that we can and then we can get to the 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 crux or the or the meat of the discussion but yeah go ahead yeah i actually just want because while you were talking about it i just recollected you know there's a particular you, thing that happened can you can you keep the microphone can you better yeah yeah thank yeah. you yeah so um so sometimes when i get on stage for example i've been on toastmaster speech contests um i've also been dancing for a couple of uh, bharatanatyam teachers for their recitals there is something that physically sort of puts i kind of locks my jaw in a perspective i don't know that's something that i've noticed uh, there's a very there's a minor discomfort in my jaw that comes up when i'm attempting to actually be on a stage and actually putting that up uh, against so i think there are two things one is being in front of an audience which wherein there isn't anything at stake i think that has been a lot easier um whereas being in front of an audience where there was an outcome related to it for example that recital was a really big thing for my teacher um you know and you're wearing a lot of costumes or the speech contest was i was at the district level competing with several other people to sort of win and you know if i if i if i delivered right then i won um and i think remembering uh, so there was a tiny bit of a stressor that was available but i think what i would still say was like i said um i'm just trying to remember this now because it felt like there were some physical stressors that were happening for me at that time but putting that through uh especially during my speech contest and especially the times when i know knew that i didn't win right there were other speakers better than me and like my my um my content was evaluated in comparison to few other people and having lost it i think 
what it ended up making me think was it was no big deal as well so i also had uh, not just like you know one in us younger age not to be worried about the outcome because everybody else who listened to me or heard me just complimented me whereas overcome the disappointment because you know the better person did win so i think there there's also something to do with that as well um that there was only a you know it was an experience but there's no point in dwelling into the fact that it didn't win or it wasn't good enough to win um and so forth. i'll stop here but yeah i'd let you go continue from from your side and i think that that is something that i ask myself even now um is that winning really important and and i don't know if if i if i said that winning is important maybe then that quality would become very important there perhaps or am i a person like i ask myself am i a person who would go 120 percentage doing something or am i a person who would be happy at doing it at 80 percentage you know i i don't i think um i'll come back to this again i'm going to hold off at this yeah. point and yeah, yeah. I, i mean the 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 intensity or commitment i think i think that's a different thread mm-hmm. so i'll i'll let that okay. be you can we can probably uh delve into that a little later but but the other thing that you mentioned um you know now that i know you so intimately for the last 7 months is that correct 8 uh, months what i can 8 months <laughs> Oh, what would I can say? Uh, and I know you so intimately, you know, that uh, it seems like a shorter period of time. So it's like a compliment. Uh, so um, shouldn't it be longer? Yeah. No time. Time flies with you. That's what I mean. And for you, it's like a torturous experience. So, so you've added another one month, thirty whole days uh, to the experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so no. Uh, so having known you one thing i can attest to and uh, which is you are far more uh, somebody whose orientation is uh, let's do let's do things let's let's constantly do things let's constantly experiment things let's uh, experience things as opposed to let's get it right right you you certainly in 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 that that camp that that is a that is a very settled belief in your system now uh and that's not that's not nothing that's that's like actually a very big deal uh and uh, i feel that that's a very valuable orientation to genuine peace and happiness and and particularly it's it's a, it's a wonderful attribute to have for people who who in some sense identify as an artist or a creator or as productive which is probably in this day and age uh, at least in the middle class and upper class probably you know a majority of people perceive themselves in some capacity in that light so this orientation is a very uh, it's something that really frees you uh, and and of course there are like far deeper uh undertones and and things to sort of explore within what i just said there but we'll just leave it there for now and uh 
even though you're some somebody who I believe is, is firmly a doer, and therefore your words resonate with me, it doesn't seem just a theorization. What I am always a little skeptical to take on board is the mechanics of a belief that somebody sort of uh, proffers. Like when somebody tells me, somebody who is visibly happy tells me, oh, this is the secret to my happiness. I'm, I'm always a little suspicious to take take on, on board that because that's just the mind's uh, uh, commentary of what's actually happened. And it need not be the, the genuine uh, 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 like mechanism of, of why that's happening, you know? So, uh, but nonetheless, I, I really take on, take what you say and it always rings true for me. And so, and then that is, I think, the the crux of our conversation today, um, which is when y- you are, th- there is something about, there is a genuine attraction towards doing. And when you hear about a new experience or a new endeavor, there is a genuine confidence or, or a, a recognition that I can, that I have to do this before I can even come to be in a dynamic about its fruit or outcome. Now, now that's a very, it might seem very obvious what I'm saying, and it is probably obvious, but many of these things matter only when it moves away from, you know, it being obvious to being sort of, uh, or just being something abstract or theoretically to something being internalized right so like you see a new experience or a new idea and your your internal dynamic it's so probably subconscious or ingrained is that let me try it out and then i will then and only then your mind sort of even gets into the evaluation game of is this something that i should persist with is this something that i'll get good at whereas i think people like me who probably uh, have a higher sensitivity to, I think, being judged. Uh, I think it, it is that fear of being told you're less than. I think it is that fear that sort of uh, appears in the form of uh, standards, of having higher standards to some degree, yeah? So, so, so I think I think where we're going probably a little off in this conversation is I think you have uh, I seem to be <laughs> uh, uh, explicitly a proponent of your camp, which which in some way I am and I am moving to, but I should probably at some some point also see what what truth might be there or what is something that is defensible in the other camp. So. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll leave it there. Okay, so so can I? Is there something you want to sh- uh, you you want to say? I think yeah, I, I want to just ask for a bunch of questions because I wrote down like a a bunch of questions sure. that I sure. thought would help me sort yeah. of explore in the manner that you wanted me to explore because you know because of our conversation the other day. Um, so this fear you said, especially this higher sensibility towards being judged. Keep the microphone close. Yeah, I said the higher sensitivity towards being judged. What are there any particular stories that were a precursor to this belief? Like, were there any specific stories that 
you can think of or you can remember that made you like the reason why I'm asking this is um uh you know being judged as a fear would probably i i could be wrong could arise because you were judged earlier prior and so you know um and it's possible because today like you know i i know this thing that they talk about right like when you're younger children can do anything right like when you're younger you can draw like a a rainbow colored horse you can draw a unicorn you can make up a turtle that is blue and yellow and anything and they are usually rewarded or or um i think they're usually um given like they're encouraged to do this but somewhere when you come around like middle school like those imaginative you know landscapes that might come in a kid if something that was always a thing for like you know in a younger kid suddenly becomes something in a slightly um you know aged a slightly elder more elderly kid that's not really encouraged i mean you know for example that movie tare zameen par right like where in this kid is he has a learning disability but he still sees a lot of creative things in you know how he encounters um and things like that um but he's not encouraged that that's a good thing uh and so i have read that this i think this comes from my own experience with brene brown where she talk, talks of shame triggers and so you know sometimes we as children are subjected to shame triggers very unconsciously things that we might not actually remember but might have come you know some yeah. belief systems that could have been held in and so i'm just trying to ask were there any stories or narratives that you can remember but if it's not it's not a big detail um just because i'll i'll then speak to one story that yeah. i thought i should i think share I, i think yeah. i think i know that story i think yeah, i was just thinking yeah. of reminding you to probably share that story uh because i think that does make a solid case a very clear example of you know what you're referring to about childhood uh, experience um so have i uh, i'm sure i've had experiences where i've been rejected or 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 felt not smart or stupid or not good looking or whatever the the uh the flavor of unworthiness is yeah um yeah my mic almost fell yeah <laughs> that's good um but uh, for example i i don't want to go into one of these stories not because i'm uh uh in a least bit uh, uh sort of uh, sensitive about that or not it's just that i feel it's probably the wrong route and i don't want to uh, okay i'll briefly say it so it doesn't sound more suspicious than uh that i'm withholding which is uh, i remember when you asked you know have i ever had moments of sort of uh, uh, uh failing at something like i remember i, I did a, a like an elocution declamation like a speech contest and uh my speech was very sort of uh very average but the funny thing was uh, before the speech started i was sort of memorizing it and i was supposed to sort of just introduce myself say hi friends i'm vinith 
<laughs> well, I went up on the stage and I said, hi, Vineet. <laughs> yeah, I just said, hi, Vineet. And the audience started laughing and they were confused. And even I started laughing. And, uh, and I carried on with my speech. And, and I don't ever remember that experience. In fact, I did not lose friends. Nobody made fun of me. It was nothing. I started laughing and I thought it was pretty funny myself. And uh, I heard the other speeches and I knew mine sucked. So I never felt like, oh shit, you know, if I didn't do that, I would have won. Or there was, like, so I don't remember it being traumatizing in any measure. Uh, but when you ask me, you know, who knows how these things, these experiences leave, leave, leave an impression. But, but what I do remember from my childhood experiences is, uh, I think I've always had this movement towards uh, self, uh, self-aggrandization. Like this sort of affliction of greatness, uh, of having to be great. I think that seed was planted somehow, maybe through culture, not necessarily through my parents. You know, like they they, they loved me. They never gave me the, they, they were never like, okay, you have to get first in, in school or you have to be the best in sports or you have to be a great singer. They did none of that sort of uh, damage. Uh, but from a very young age, I used to have daydreams of being uh, you know, from a very young age, extremely strong or uh, being a hero or being extremely intelligent or, or one of those flavors from a very young age, you know. Uh, and I thought that was probably every kid. But now that I think about it and I see there are a lot of kids who are very comfortable in, in their play acting phase, not having something that grandiose. And I think that sort of persisted with me. And uh, the the... And as you grow older, the gap between your fantasies and realities starts becoming more and more pronounced, right? When you're a kid and, you know, like I'm playing with my cricket bat in my, you know, tiny, tiny room in our tiny apartment. uh, And I'm such a dental girl, right? It it really does not, um, there is no dissonance that in my school, uh, back in my school among my friends, uh, I, I barely make it into, you know, in a group of 30 people, I barely make it into the 11 to play cricket, even though some days I did. That does not stop me from fantasizing of being like the best cricketer, right? Who can hit a six in every other ball. Like that, that fantasy does not bother you. You're just really enjoying that fantasy world. But as you grow older, for some reason, I think... Uh, uh, it becomes harder to truly, fully enjoy these fantasies. Like uh, your mind does sort of raise its sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, there's a sort of not even judging. There is a quality of sort of. Yeah, you could say it moves from the realm of just being play to something that has to mean something, I guess. Like it has to matter. So even 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 fantasy is 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 demanded to 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 pay a fee, uh, like a reality fee or something. So so when I go back to my childhood, the only thing I can say is probably I've always had that sort of uh, mental orientation or a constitution or maybe it was ingrained at a very young age that one has to be great and uh, I continued partaking in, 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 in that sort of fantasy world without having to ever go ahead and test myself so 
whatever the impulse for greatness was, it was probably being satiated in the fantasy world. And then as you grow older and, and, and you know, and maybe uh, your real world becomes more prominent, you know, and, and uh, takes center stage or uh, leaves very little room for your escapist tendencies or your, your fantasy. I, th- I think probably, okay, I, I'm just rambling at this point. But yeah, so that's the only thing I can say when I go back to my childhood that maybe that this is the sort of uh, mind uh, that I had sort of grown up with. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't really blame you as a child, right? Because uh, no, I don't blame uh, myself given, either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, given given yeah. that you know the world around us constantly showcases. I think this was again another was that point on that perfectionist trap in Alain de Botton's video that we only get to see the successes of, uh, you know, the hand-picked, cherry-picked success stories around these, uh, the greats in different fields. What is not really pointed out to us, rather, is that the the difficulties that exist in coming into that journey. And in fact, he uses these particular words, saner, um, you know, I think he says, uh, if we had a saner view of those difficulties that arise, when we actually try to emulate and move towards that greatness, then we would not be so um, overwhelmed in that journey to to partake and move towards, you know, uh, uh, say some creative outlet or a value creating something. If If we weren't judged hard, or if there was an easier mechanism to, um, like when you take that first step, but you know you know there's a gap, and how do you now understand how to achieve that gap? Like what are the steps involved in bringing that gap around down? And is there a better way to see what those steps are? Can how do we take help from others? to understand those steps and and then push your effort towards it and slowly and not be not be um not be like deterred if that is going to take time because a tendulkar didn't become a tendulkar like right away right it took him sixteen years to showcase he probably did yeah no no, I, no no i think <laughs> no, I, I don't mean he was born. Like, again, hours of practice, right? Like hours of practice must have made him what he is. So that's why for me, it's important to get started on the practice, you know, so that we can yeah. start working towards the hours. Yeah, so for me, okay, so just to sort of... Uh, uh, of course, everything that you're saying is... Uh, uh, very, I, I think most people would hear that and go, "Of course, you know, you should work hard. You should, you should uh, uh, see every failure as an sort of uh, a hidden invitation into some deeper insight and you know, and, and a success in waiting. You know, what every setback is an opportunity. I mean, you know, like everyone's heard that, and and so even for me, there's nothing like I wouldn't go." No, no, no. Every failure is a genuine failure and one should just, you know, 
uh, quit and just 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 go kill themselves. Of course, nobody that there is no sort of contention that 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 is that that isn't like that. This is a maladaptive uh, orientation, you know, to see a failure as a, an opportunity and not a setback. Of course, that's a very adaptive view, and uh, uh, that that is the healthy view. But uh, but I want to look in 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 some of the ingredients that sort of probably I feel is less than true or at least not perfectly true. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying what I'm going to say next is the entire contention I have with what, with what, with that idea of, uh, uh, you know, looking at the great people and uh, the fact that their journey or narrative has been edited out, you know, for our consumption, right? We only see Tendulkar's uh, hundreds. We don't see... Uh, his self-doubt and his fear and his commitment and, you know, the coaching he had gone through and, and all the other ingredients. Fair enough. But I also think that tacitly when we say that, look at all the the, the challenges that a great person had to go through and look at all the, all the litany of their failures, we're also somewhere making the, the we, are, we are making the suggestion or the idea that greatness is equally available to everyone. And for me, I feel that's a little disingenuous, you know? Like uh, this notion that anybody can be a great architect or anybody can be a a, a great Tendulkar, and it's all about the process. And I'm not saying that, that you're making that particular notion, but I feel in our culture, there's a lot of that as well, which... Which I feel is is contributing to the, the, the contributing to our lack of peace. The firstly that one one should be great, you know, like that that sort of ambition is uh, is is something that we all should put up on a pedestal, and you know, like uh, that's a very like like there's some this is sort of a morally good like a moral quality to having an ambition you know and therefore you should be ambitious of course you know you should strive for greatness but simply recognize that greatness means you know uh that uh, uh require a certain uh, orientation towards uh like a certain grit and resilience. Of course, greatness requires grit and resilience, but greatness in the sense of an actual outcome may, may require more than just resilience and grit, you know? I could show you that odd person who is very driven and committed and, and, and works really hard and everything, but may not achieve quote-unquote greatness. And by quote-unquote greatness means, I mean, a shared sense of greatness, Right. Not not a very subjective sense of like I feel I'm great, you know. Even though uh, most people think I I suck at singing, I think I'm great. Not not that notion of an in in inner narrative that is independent of what other people think. That can either be delusion or enlightenment. But I'm talking about a general shared sense of greatness. You know, like let's say for example, you and I are striving to be great podcasters. You know, the the best podcasters. You know, like let's say. In in your case, uh, the scene unseen, uh, whatever the Amit Verma, or for me, a Krista Tippett, or a, a, a Sam Harris, or whatever that is, that I think uh, uh, the path to that 
if at all any, or making progress in that direction, of course, requires resilience, requires a, a, a quality of enjoying the journey more than the outcome and all that. But, but, but also I would caution against the notion of greatness, like, like chasing greatness necessarily being a very stable uh there there like a stable destination or stable forget destination i don't like that word a stable orientation right i'm like in my life i think i've i'm finding or at least some of the transformation or breakthroughs have happened essentially in disavowing that orientation you know and to to sort of be more uh more oriented towards what is intrinsically meaningful beautiful joyous not that i think in my case uh, i have a a very mental orientation necessarily but i don't want to get into all the spiritual conversations right away but uh so i, I would caution against that uh notion like like maybe we could say a bit about about ambition or, or, or greatness like why should one even care about greatness i mean in fact your orientation towards doing like let's just jump into and uh, hit out a podcast i feel in in some measure even though it is not my default i find appealing because it 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 sort of speaks to an orientation that i feel in the recent past maybe the last few years of my life has become my default in many contexts maybe the only context in which it is not the default is the creative context which is a very very important one and uh, which is why even i've uh, uh, felt like i should jump into this in in that orientation but yeah so this whole ambition greatness that's a thing i think one should i think it's worth introspecting or exploring is that necessarily a good or should greatness just be a byproduct that you do something that you love and okay now you're great isn't that a, mm. a healthier approach um i just want to say one other one word i just want to drop in a, like a yeah. yeah the word is standards i i would like to after this explore where maybe i will try to animate the other camp like right now i think you and i we both are animating the the sort of bias for action just get started just keep doing a sort of camp i'll try to sort of animate the other camp after this yeah go for it nama um actually i'm going to post this but maybe i'm not understanding this right or it could be some confusion that's in my head right now sure because um i think the great, the the way i was talking about greatness um i'm talking towards this pursuit to excellence and not uh that pursuit to excellence um in any field um there are a few star people that have you know that you could consider them as by some level of they've achieved some stel- mastery mastery yeah like in that in that particular field or art or something right 
Sure. Um, so, um, that it is, you, you especially mentioned that it's, you know, you're slightly worried that it's equally available to everyone, right? No, the, 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 the way culture presents it is uh, like greatness is, 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 is here for all our taking only if you would get out of your way, right? And uh, I, I, I think that's, I think peace and freedom and, you know, uh, is, is always there for our taking only if we would get out of our way. I mean, that's a sort of a, a poetic and cryptic way of saying it. Uh, but that I believe, but greatness, uh, th- that's, that's an external sort of validation, right? That, that's not necessarily there for our taking is what, what, what I was sort of contending. Uh, yeah. So is it right to say the standards in what you're going to talk about does not, um, okay, I think I'll probably bring this question after because for me, the standards that, you are looking to achieve are simply the standards in your head or they're very subjective versus what it is to another person Uh, because for me somewhere I feel both somewhere even the standards that we set might not necessarily fully be only to us Somewhere I feel a, the moment we set a standard, maybe I'm wrong, but a standard comes into play. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's a minimum or what's a what's it assigned, what's a standard. I think I'm just going to pass at this point. I think even I'm mm-hmm. rambling, so I'm not sure. No, no, no. no I think what fine. I wanted to ask was, isn't there a conflict? A conflict because for someone who is looking to wanting to achieve certain standards, that certain standards is has been some level of conditioning from the outside world. Well, this was such yeah. a juicy uh, premise, right? Because I, I, I think, I'll just make a comment, which I think is, is sort of ultimately true. But uh, also maybe uh, silly at another level to say that because it seems very sort of uh, uh, cliched or, uh, you know, trite, which is, uh, I I think the demarcation between an individual and culture, I think, is illusory. I don't think we have any standards or opinions or beliefs or preferences which are sort of quote-unquote self-induced you know uh, it's it's all cultural i mean you know uh it's in some dynamic and and uh in some sense it seems to be lo- localized or sort of terminating in what i call me or i or beneath or whatever so of course it's it's in and in which is why i said it's a sort of silly thing to say because of course in in a in a interpersonal sense these are my standards but to say that you know uh are you setting the standards or is standards externally placed? I think all standards and preferences, uh, there is no internal and external, you know, however it's forming. 
because uh, of course you know if you're in a different culture if you have a different set of experiences or a different mental orientation everything changes right and i think it's it's an ultimately profound point but sometimes it's hard to capture and it becomes sort of meaningless to state that in a in a conversation like this which is like of course yeah what, what so what you know that's that that's probably the retort you know so uh yeah because i, I don't want to run away from yeah, that because i'm i'm trying to say when you said you there's some moral quality to having ambition um i find it somewhat conflicting here because isn't that the same thing no i mean aren't you saying oh i don't want to have ambition but i want to have standards and or i don't want to i don't want to worry about hey you know when somebody has ambition you're going to in in your opinion you're saying oh you know what like yeah. i'm going to look yeah. down yeah. at that person for wanting to say he has an ambition yeah. whereas you're like oh i have standards oh but then that's different yeah. right so so uh, i think you've caught something i think that's i think that's correct i think there is a a, a sort of hypocrisy there or a conflict there which i think is is exactly what i want to examine uh and and for me it does like i can e- explain why that's the case but but in no way am i justifying it yeah so one uh i'm not uh, uh saying i'm looking down on anyone with ambition in fact it is in, it is in the other direction which i'm saying is i don't think we have to necessarily uh having an ambition should not be a moral commandment is what i'm saying I'm not saying somebody with an ambition should be looked down upon in fact I don't think anyone should be looked down upon that said I do think from my perspective I do find uh, it it worth I- introspecting like what an ambition is right it's a it's a destination it's an image what's powering that and very often ambition for me is is an egoic pursuit it is a pursuit to becoming something to becoming special to becoming great and there's something about that for me uh that is ultimately uh unfulfilling you know that there is always a, a, a so it feels always a bit tainted so it's in that sense that i was sort of critiquing ambition but of course i understand that there is a, a drive within me to to like i said you know uh, why why do i fear rejection or judgment it is because of course i seek validation so so what i'm saying is that i think we are a multiplicity of energies and perspectives and like we are like a lattice of beliefs the person talking to you i mean the 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 voice that's cohering and expressing itself is is in some sense i would say aspirational very the, the 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 executive will or the person who's like the spokesperson for the party of a hundred different energies here is very often not merely a journalistic representation of the energies but it's very often tending in the direction of what the system wants to be so i wish to be or the aspiration is is to be completely decoupled from ambition and simply be driven by intrinsic joy peace and service i mean if i could go into my control panel and program myself uh this podcast would be absolutely free flowing with with no concern 
about uh, whether this is comprehensible to a person listening or whether they think I'm an idiot or whether they think you and I are rambling. All those concerns, I would be unfettered from it if I could program myself, right? If I was, uh, that is the mold in which I probably would want to be. Uh, but of course, there are times where I am concerned, hey, am I rambling? There are times I'm concerned, are you rambling? Uh, because there is a there is a certain degree of the bandwidth and, and surprisingly so very little I mean, I seem to be not too sort of preoccupied whether we are making sense. <laughs> and that might be not so very kind to anybody who 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 is audacious enough to listen to us rambling. <laughs> not very kind to them. But I, I don't seem to be very concerned about that. But but there are, of course, times where I'm like, okay, am I making sense? And, uh, and, and I'm not saying that is necessarily driven by... Uh, a desire for validation. It could also be just mindful of, hey, you know, are we going to create a product here? Maybe we should reel back and 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 you know and sort of uh, map this landscape that we're talking about. You know, this whole uh, 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 this whole uh, debate between bias for action and a certain pursuit for standards and excellence and 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 and, and developing enough. Uh, and often understanding before you commit to uttering words or uh, putting uh, paint on the canvas or a certain purposefulness to your writing or whatever, you know, whatever that field is. Uh, I think uh, I probably, you know, probably should make that move to to animating that. So, so, so you mentioned about ambition. So like I said, I do think there's a conflict and which is a conflict that I do sort of want to air. Uh, so let me speak a little about standards for a moment and then i want to share with you something that i sort of journaled a few minutes before we got on this podcast right because i was you asked me to do some you, you gave me a few hours to research and i didn't do much but i was reflecting right so about standards but uh, before uh, but before before you go on to that i want you to just respond to this one question with sure. uh, um sure. are you are you going to call this an horror of an of a podcast episode? Oh, no. Recording. No, no. Yeah, yeah, so this is very interesting. So so uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, now I'm not, don't don't answer the question now. Don't answer. But I think keep that in mind while you're uh actually going to talk about standards right now. No, wonderful. Are okay. You, but but can I take that because I think it's a useful segue to the to, to the next part, um, which is uh, this 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 notion of standards, right? So so here's the thing, right? Uh, one is the sort of lived experiential standards, right? Which is essentially uh, it, it sort of plays out in your emotions, which is. You are upset or happy. You're so, so, I'm, I'm just simplifying it. Like you are rejoiced. Let's say you do something and you're really happy when you look at the outcome. That means it has exceeded your expectations or to use the word standards in this case. It, you know, it, and, and you're, you're, you're disappointed. You're looking at it and emotionally you feel like, what the fuck? This is terrible. That, that is when it, it is really, you know, fallen short of your standards. So that, that, that is a very... Uh, in internal standards that sort of embody that sort of plays out in your body and your mind in the form of physical sensations and emotions. So that that's one. That's that's one uh, 
level or uh, form of standards which i want to talk you know and i think that's the more important one if you want to talk about your well-being or your uh, a journey as an artist or i think that's the more important one but there's another one which is very detached sense of scoring or standards okay and i, and I want to give a very simple analogy right you've you've often said that uh, you often sort of pull my leg that i have very high standards when it comes to food right and i often tell you that i'm i'm more or less non fussy not always but non fussy on eating anything like i i i can eat you know rice in a chapati or i can i can i can eat without curry or i can i can eat something okay of course if i have a if i have a say i would like to eat a great meal but if you if you give me a food you will see that i typically eat all the portions on the plate and you know, i don't i don't waste much and but if you ask me how is the meal am i still i would have eaten everything on that plate and i would have still told you maybe a 4 on 10 so i'm 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 fairly okay like my like i'm i'm at peace i'm probably even having a good time at the dinner uh and i'm and and in rare occasions i might even enjoy the meal but when you ask me how is the meal and you ask me to rate it there is a sort of detached abstract sort of evaluation schema that kicks in right which is a different kind of standard right so for example like this podcast if you ask me how would i rate it, rate this you have to also ask me what's a zero and what's a 10 right because then it becomes more meaningful to you, to me you know if 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 a 10 is the greatest podcast i've listened to then yeah the you and i are probably you know exploring and navigating a terrain and we are all over the place and we are rambling and you know probably repeating what we are saying multiple times so this probably might be a 4 or 5 on 10 but if you ask me what's my internal experience uh this is a fucking 10 uh you know so you ask me because right bef- in 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 the first 10 minutes of the conversation one thing that sort of came to me is i feel alive because there's an internal experience here of uh that there's something so freeing about being decoupled from from an image of what something should be and to just truly be present and just sort of you know uh, to to flow so so this is uh, sort of electrifying for me and remember we just paused to check if this recording is uploaded and i and i told you dude i'm really loving this i'll tell you more about this when we continue recording so um i feel i feel that like there is an electricity to things when when you free yourself uh from that imposition and i i call it like the parallel which is the parallel of what should be and and when you sort of are in some sense relinquished from that you know when you free yourself from that sort of movement and you know and, and that portal to that sort of freedom is different for different people for some it's it's a very spiritual journey for some other it's art and dancing and for some others it's just you know just having a free flowing conversation where they see themselves unfold so i do think there's something incredible about this and so when it comes to standards I think what is uh genuinely more important is that standards which is sort of uh I would say tethered to your suffering. So from that perspective I say I'm I'm not suffering I'm enjoying this. But if you ask me from the standard of uh 
from the point of view of an abstract schema, right? Like you know, where you're 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 mapping this onto uh, what 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 is great, right? We all have an idea of what is great, and from that perspective, uh, then yeah, this does fall short, and 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 that is what I'm coming to, right? For some people, um, that standard, okay, I want to create something great, is. Uh, I, I hesitate to say that even for the greatest that it is decoupled from validation. Let's say let's say a Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I, 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 I mentioned Quentin Tarantino and uh, uh, and Martin Scorsese. Scorsese is a is a is a improvisational genius, and Quentin writes his script and does not want to change even a word. This is something I heard. I think the actor Jonah Hill say. But let's let's assume. A, let's assume director X who is anal and is a perfectionist and wants everything to be perfect and is, is you know, just a, a real sort of menace to work with and is just torturous because he wants it to be perfect. And then there's another person who's just very easygoing and is very free-flowing. Come on, let's just enjoy, you know, whatever, whatever has to sort of come on the screen or, you know, hit the editing room, it'll happen, you know, let's not sweat it. These two energies, I think... I think uh, uh, beauty and magic can happen through both these sort of processes. And, uh, but of course, the, the second director, um, let's say, he's probably going to live a more free-flowing life, right? Now, the, 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 the first character might still find a life that's very coherent, in which he derives meaning and it sort of coheres. It makes sense for him. Like he doesn't mind the torture. It's 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 in some ways sort of uh, it 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 fits for him, right? So in that sense, I don't think you can tell that person that person needs to reduce their standards or whatever. That that's what that 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 is the like when they like it is unnatural for that human being to drop their standards. Like, you know, they become somebody who they're not. That standards it is what motivates them for, for doing it. Like, if, if there was not yeah. room for that greatness, like, if, if that field, let's say, filmmaking, let's say you couldn't do something beyond X, maybe they'll not be interested in that field. Like, if there wasn't room to push the boundaries and do something greater, maybe they wouldn't be driven. That, that, that image is what pulls them into, you know, into create the creating that potentiality to sort of uh act or you know just to just to be motivated enough right so so in that sense uh i can see why somebody would have standards or somebody would want to take their time in 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 gathering the pieces before they put out what is an irreversible product right in the case of a film or in the case of this podcast in this episode you want to put it out there you can't put a second first podcast or whatever right so so I can see why somebody is is who who can be committed to uh, high high standards I, and and so for me I think I mean this all coheres for me in an ultimate fashion but that's a place where probably all conversations end for me which is you know as long as you're peaceful. And 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 you feel freedom, and freedom is not the absence of discomfort. But if if you feel without conflict, and 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 that could that could be a person who's burning the midnight oil, 
or or or, or seemingly whining oh i got to get up in the morning again and hit the gym but that's all fine you know even that whining is fine you know but if they if they are flowing freely you know without a, a sort of inner contraction even if even if what's appearing seems to be a certain amount of whining or a certain amount of uh, 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 discomfort all that's fine you know so as long as i feel you're unfolding in some measure uh then you are uh, you are free to you know all, all those standards or lack of standards all that's good but i know when i take that lane i sort of you know sort of i'm saying like not saying anything useful or something that you can probably bite into but yeah i was going to say um actually there are two things i wanted to talk to um you you, you want to pause scoring okay e- good yeah actually i just continue yeah. um see the sense of scoring of what's the greatest podcast show say you heard and in comparison to what say we're doing right now <laughs> um that is a very what i was going to say was um is that a reason to put that show out or not right because for example i think i wanted to bring up van gogh van gogh's endeavor started i think when he was in his 29 years old or something like that to start painting he didn't start before that and he was not his paintings were not considered celebrable like is that sorry they were not considered great at the point where sure. he was doing it we consider him great now he was posthumously he has been given a lot of lot lot of um um credit and lot of oh it's van gogh kind of um you know the 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 honor that he a van gogh painting gets today wasn't what he endured as a painter living in france at that point in time he died a very sad man he didn't um he didn't know like he had to borrow from his brother in order to buy his art supplies people thought he was extremely bad at his at his art and today when like we look back at it would would i would that that man died in misery but in that misery he knew he was doing what he needed to do was painting because that was what he was born to do yeah so for me he went out and put himself out he continued to uh he didn't worry about uh what standards that were meant as like in comparison to other painters for example the same thing comes across right like um uh i think we talked about the escher painting i don't know if escher was considered a great painter he he is but uh, at the point where he put out his paintings they were considered a novelty because of the way they they were drawn um but would you consider that what would you consider that in in um, comparison to another painter from another era 
say, a Renaissance era painting, a Manet, because I think we talked about Manet paintings when we were reading that one uh, chapter from that book. Um, so these are all very different. Let's say 10, let's say another 100 years from now, would what would we consider as best books by that generation ahead? Does that mean that we do not continue to churn out and put out our, um, you know, our, like the work that needs to be put out? I think so. For me, that is the question. Like, um, you know, if you are in misery about, I, I agree with you that, you know, the misery about like what you hold as standards. But if if you do not take a step towards making a draft, um, you wouldn't even have something to compare to your own scoring sheet, right? Like to your own score. What would you, what would you even rate that with? Like without drawing anything or, you know, what would you like? Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Am I, so am I even am I even making sense? I don't know. I'm just saying. No, so I, I wanted to sort of uh, uh, summarize what you said, and, and I want to know: is am I representing your views yeah. correctly? Yeah. So uh, what you're saying is basically, given how any standard, culturally sort of uh, established standard, even even what is culturally established, forget what you hold privately. Even what is culturally sort of uh, an established standard or uh, appraisal, how even that can be so arbitrary and uh, uh, so so open to revision, right? Where something is considered yeah. not good at all can then become iconic, right? So given how, in a, in a sense, that is not tethered to anything truly substantial or unchanging, how can you then let standards govern uh what you produce right so yeah. is, that, is is that a fair uh, composition that, of what you said i think that is what i wanted to come down to i i agree with the first level of standards that you said like you know tethered to that suffering i completely agree with that i think like that that's yeah. the point Whereas the second, that sense of scoring, sure. um, that you know, that so, that's what I'm I'm sort of trying to make sense of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I want to I want to respond to that, which is, uh, let's take art, right? Uh, you create for, for for like 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 like. There's two ways of looking at it, right? Uh, I create art because I just enjoy the process of, uh, let's say you're a writer. I just enjoy the process of thinking up characters and just writing and then just bringing them to page. And, and I don't care if it's a bad, lame character that's not coherent or I just like sketching or I like doodling or if I'm a painter, I just like, you know, uh, I don't paint no more. So what's that thing in which all those colors are there? What do you, what do you call it? Uh, that that thing with small, small holes and the ease depressions. The ease palette easel uh, oh okay yeah the color palette, palette the what palette, if, i just like palette. mixing colors and you know i just like splashing it on the thing i don't care what happens i don't think most people who create art are uh, are driven purely by the intrinsic experience of uh, these mechanical things uh, even if it's an intrinsic process 
it is driven by uh, our innate appreciation of beauty right so what i would like to say about standards in 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 its defense however meek and uh, uh sort of uh uh compromised my defense might be because i do also like you believe or am i i am sort of in some way moved by your notion of let's just come up, go ahead and just start doing uh and i'll tell you why i'll probably share my uh my my journal what i had what i had sort of discovered but but before that i want to sort of make a defense to your question you know i say you don't choose your standards i think in some elemental fashion your standards are simply the way you see the world right why is something beautiful and not everything beautiful right like why do you listen to a particular song and not just go hey for me everything is good you know the humdrum of the 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 ceiling fan the baby crying everything is beautiful no yes everything can be beautiful when you apply uh, a quality of uh attention to it like when you're mindful everything can be in a sense beautiful but at the level of contents we clearly do consider some things more beautiful some things more intelligent something more insightful something more helpful we do have that right and 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 so in a, in a sense uh, questioning the place for standards is just like questioning something that very elemental about who we are as human beings and how we operate so uh even you in your playful stress painting that you do when i've seen there is a movement towards beauty right now uh the the only question is i think something a little less subtle is how do you what like how how do you prepare or how do you open yourself up that receptivity to a love that inner drive for beauty to manifest you know but but the fact that you have an inner inner drive for beauty and that is wherever it is for you i think is probably hard to uh you know uh, sort of displace like you end your painting when you think you've achieved beauty or happiness or joy or whatever and right that could be with the very first splash and you can be like this is perfect my very first splash of painting is perfect i'm going to leave it here right but you don't do that right you go with as many strokes as you have to when you feel it has reached its its sort of finality it's cohered so for somebody that could be 10 years of painstaking work before they publish their book right that's that's that drive and for somebody else it's like dude i don't want like to sit on a book for more than 6 months you know like I don't like to be obsessed, you know, with like with that sort of thing. So so I I think you can't this for me like I said, it isn't about when you put out there. It is about being much more honest about what's happening in here. And on that note, can I just share this 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 sort of uh yeah, yeah. introspect I introspection. Will, so I yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. I'll do that, and you can just sort of maybe note down what you want to ask me, because I think this is sort of uh, 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 it's sort of flow. I'm not going to ask you. I was going to just add to it, add to a tiny detail. I remember when I was drawing, like when we were doing that you, me, and wins at some point. 
you know there's yeah. a tipping in the, point in our goshala yeah 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 the tipping point when i'm painting and then there is one wrong move that just like really takes away that that was created in front of me and then that the moment i go take that step uh and i know oh dang the painting is not as good it's not going to be good anymore <laughs> so it is i'm now curious to know why is that drive that happened to until the point where i see it as beautiful and then there's one splash of a wrong color some movement yeah. happens to want yeah. to tweak it and yet and yet when i add it it has actually like screwed up my painting <laughs> <laughs> no exactly no no that's such a beautiful observation because you see what we see like like whatever is an image that is guiding us right uh it, it is not something that we can hold in a in a concrete way we can't grasp it and it it is not so so when we tell somebody to drop their standards if it is a genuine standard it will cause them a lot of pain right so i don't think it's easy to immediately change your standards but you can inquire into it and you can question the frame with which within which that standard is is held and by by that i mean uh let's say you want to make a great movie you can you can still ask yourself that what is the process is there an iterative version of this you know is there a version of this that takes that is more collaborative and 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 like i mentioned just a moment ago it is not about the the nature in which one would describe their standards one is free to have whatever standards they have in fact i say one is unfree to have the standards they have and in in that they find their freedom you're actually unfree like you know i can't now immediately uh, uh start finding a particular dress more beautiful than another right that's not how it works can you repeat that again what do you mean when you say unfree i'm sorry i, I say we 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 are slaves to our preferences and in fully being reconciled with that we can find freedom right like let's say you hate aubergines and you love tomatoes right you can you can't now you know in a snap of your fingers start loving tomatoes and uh, uh, so start loving uh, brinjal and or eggplants and hating tomatoes now of course there's a way in which you can find pleasure even in what is sort of unpleasant to your palate to some degree but i don't want to get into that conversation about sort of mindfulness or or, or a certain way of being or orienting uh yeah, but yeah. but but just keeping it at the, this level of preferences once you know all that about yourself you may you can you you're free to be okay with that and once you're okay with that then you can maybe inquire in why is this preference there and in that inquiry you might shine light and your preferences may change but a brute force advice that you know the problem with you and your art uh, is that you have high standards can you drop it and just take lower standards and and then be more successful or be more prolific in your output i just feel that's not probably how it's going to land for people who genuinely hold these standards 
you know, and then they're not fake standards. It's like they're not holding standards, which are standards purely because that's what their dad wants. Those are probably a bit easier to disown, you know, if, if, if you're out of that gravity of an externally placed standard and you can see that it's externally placed. But, but I want to sort of just uh, on this note, uh, talk about this, you know. So I was writing, why is it that I had resistance to this uh, invitation or, or more like an imposition that you were uh, putting on me, placing on me, which is that let's just do the podcast today. Here, this is the topic and let's just get started. I'm going to research the platform and we're going to do it. And I was very uncomfortable with it. And for me, I, I, I sat down and I was sort of journaling and I was thinking, let me at least put put words to this resistance. And, uh, and I asked myself, why are we doing this? Is it merely a desire to exhibit and sort of uh, 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 and broadcast ourselves and in, in a sense cater to our instinct that I think most human beings hold to be to being seen? And this version is that sort of I don't want to say it's perverse, but the version why most a lot of human beings have a desire to be famous or popular is because that's that's the version in which our inner mental audience you know all the 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 human beings and our inner audience can be composed of not just our friends and people around us in fact it can be our heroes or 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 some aggregate notion of what the world is right and 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 typically your world is uh, your audience is probably going to be dominated more by people of yours your 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 uh, people who confer status on you so it's not going to be necessarily representative of 5 billion poor people no it, it, like 99% of your your audience will probably be uh, people who you think are high status like their opinions are going to matter more to you right so that 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 inner audience uh sort of to to sort of cater to that instinct of appeasing that inner audience you know this notion of fame or popularity or whatever that is right and i was thinking is this merely a desire that you just like we just want to create a podcast because you're asking me to abandon my standards of creating something that i think is valuable for an audience right so that service element is sort of thrown away because otherwise i can cling on to the service element and say no i'm creating a podcast because i want it to be useful and i was thinking you know, like even if, and so this was the question I was asking and I was saying, even if the notion is to, uh, and, 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 and what, what I, what I found in this question of, uh, like, are we doing what we're doing right now? This sort of jumping into a podcast merely to sort of get validation. What I realized was when I did some, introspection and by introspection I meant just sitting here and letting things come to me was that this question was ironically uh, this very question about are we doing this to be popular it was in fact simply hiding my fear of being uh, uh, judged or not liked <laughs> you know so the, so the notion of, of are we doing this just to be popular is the resistance stemming from the fact that I actually probably want to be loved and and liked and 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 not disliked, you know, contrary to the 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 the, the form in which the resistance was coming, which was sort of mocking, you know, like why are we doing this? 
Like, you know, if you're going to rush into this, why do it at all? You know, who cares? We can just live our lives. We don't have to record anything. But but in essence, that what was the, 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 the actual fear was that I want to be loved. Not that I want to be famous necessarily, but I want to be loved. So if I'm going to be famous, it better be love and like and, you know, universal approval. So what was hiding in sort of in, in, in this resistance, what was that desire? And this, us putting out this, or, or at least what has allowed me to come on board and do this in, in a measure is to fuck with that movement, is to sort of not value that or as a sort of uh, an, an act of, uh, of defiance where I go, fuck this. I, it's okay if, if I, I sound stupid on this, in, the, in this interaction. It is okay if we are not so interesting, you know? And it is that sort of defiance that for me is sort of coming through in this conversation. So that introspection, so this, this, this standard that I'm talking about is mm-hmm. that, that, that I realized that, that this, this, this standard that I'm holding is not an abstract, detached standard of excellence it's actually a fear so here i'm attempting to be sincere and, and i'm telling you uh uh like is this conversation of a very high quality i don't know maybe not maybe maybe it is for for you and me and uh uh maybe it isn't but what, what's more important is i'm being sincere and i'm telling you the other more suffering based standard of which is driven by fear of judgment that is certainly here, and which is why I'm willing to sort of overcome that. And when I sat with this, I I wanted to sort of corner that part of my mind, which was sort of selling this notion, which which has some ground. You see, most of our crafty rationalizations have some legitimate ground uh, in, in terms of words, because if it didn't, it couldn't deceive us. Right. Whenever we we, we 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 sort of rationalize and we lie to ourselves, we are able to do that because, in some ways, the words, at least superficially, have some sensibility. It it, it means something. So, in this case, I'm saying, why don't we uh, take more time and uh, uh, research more on a particular topic and put out a better product, right? And why? Because a better product will allow us to get more of an audience. And what will that do? That'll help us build a better reputation because ultimately we're doing this in some measure to to build reputation so that we can, like for me, like I told you, my, my goal with a podcast, uh, the ultimate goal is to uh, explore truth. And I feel to do that, I want to interact with people and engage and collaborate with people who are more intelligent than I am. And how do I do that? By signaling some intelligence or or something of value to them. And to do that, fundamentally, I have to create a better product. But the problem is, so so that, like I said, that rationalization of being strategic is, I, 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 can, I can cling on to that and that that is meaningful like like nobody can theoretically argue with me and go that doesn't make sense but all that is immaterial what you have to do is you have to be sincere and check in and when i check in i go like that that all might be true dude but the re- real reason you're not doing it is because you know you're a pussy you're you're you're, you're a chicken you're you're scared here and i have to I have to sort of you know come clean with that and in that process what came to me is you know what you and i we should keep doing this i don't know if we'll ever do this again but we should keep doing this and this can be uh, whether you whether you want to publish it or not uh, is your prerogative i leave it to you uh, that's entirely your call but if you're doing it uh, you you could call it 
not a podcast yet you know like something like that <laughs> and we could constantly bitch and whine about why i'm i'm scared of having a r- real podcast and if we want to have uh, a podcast which is very well researched very tight uh, uh where where we are very mindful of the listeners patience that can be on a separate channel right and 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 we can put that out there where you and i sit and and produce 20 minutes of content and not like i don't know how long this has been like this is an hour and a half and we can have a podcast which is uh, like 20 minutes or 30 minutes very mindful of people's time where we spend a lot of time researching we reach out to our friends we 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 get we get their views on things and and we sort of refine it you know and 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 maybe put out something that will uh at in some day probably a piece or meet my uh, standards which you asked me yesterday or day before uh, which uh, you asked me have you ever done anything that has met your standards and the reality is no uh, i have done things i've put things out there and i think i told you one blog post or something was which i felt was uh, not great but hit my standards enough to put it out there uh but besides that i don't think i've i've i've, I've done anything which i go like this is maybe 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 something in my corporate life of a project few projects here and there which i thought uh did did meet my standards but otherwise in in the creative realm no uh yeah i think i've been blabbering a, a lot but i did, did that make any sense to you i mean did that did that cohere i think yeah it came out to you finally accepting that you're switching sides <laughs> uh yeah 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 no no, no. I what I meant is that 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 okay let me just quickly summarize it in 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 a, in a sentence or two what i mean is yes you can have high standards and you can you can and there's nothing wrong in itself to chase high standards and and for your life to for for that to be the definitive thing but but suffering should be the test you know you know uh, uh, is that coming because there's a deep fear of being judged or is it coming from a genuine drive to do something exceptional to serve people and uh, you know and, and and to sort of entertain people or uh, 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 solve a big problem or whatever that is if it's coming from a genuine desire of intrinsic joy and service go for it but if it's coming from a crippling fear of judgment And then you got you just got to ask you know is is what the fuck you know is, 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 at least be honest about that you know maybe you can't change that because even i want a degree of validation and i can't change that uh, but i can be honest about it and the moment i'm honest about it like i think i, we were, I was telling this in another conversation with you for me uh, the the problem is solved more or less in some measure whenever i have been able to take a full stock of the problem the so- solution in itself appears and it's fine I just need an honest inquiry about it. Yeah. So that's that's the notion that's my two cents about uh, standards. Actually, I was going to uh this just came about to me because I thought it was a nice way to tie around another story here. Um Oh yeah, I I I, I, I think you should talk about that childhood childhood experience and 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 with that I want you to give the final message and and wrap this conversation yeah it's No it's I actually first. want to do something else. I do want to say about something else which I think I want to still try to this standards but in a different manner yeah um sure so while we sure. were looking at you know i was looking at bias for action and that pursuit of excellence because i thought standards in my dictionary was like you know some some 
perceived notion of what it has to be, just like how you said Quentin Tarantino has that notion of what it is. I think a standard is really subjective. I think we all, that's a very implicit, obvious thing. Whereas what that standard could be. So I was listening to Stephen Schwartzman and his book on, I think his very um, recent book, uh, uh, which was the, what is that book name? Okay, I'm going to give the book name later, but I don't remember. I'm going to just talk about that. Where And in that conversation, he has a conversation in the University of Toronto uh, conference where he talks about like how he went after to build the Black uh, BlackRock, you know, investment uh, company, which is Blackstone, right? In the world, Blackstone. Yeah, sorry, never mind. Never mind my all of that. Um, bear with my my errors. And is the book um, uh, what it takes? What it takes to pursuit of excellence, right? Yeah, that's the book. So he talks about him being pushing himself to say, I want to raise a one billion dollar fund. And not simply like say, oh, you know what? Like I'm just going to do a 50 million or so forth. And in wanting to do that, mm. he was particular in talking about going and voluntarily putting himself to on that adventure and to take enormous amount of pain and disappointment because, because when you're sort of pushing yourself with such standards and showing it out to the world, you're likely no, can you, to be I'm, I'm, no more, no more. Yeah, no more. Can you can you can you can you just back up and give us a little context of this fifty million one billion, so we understand yeah. what exactly this is, right? Just tell okay. us what is this. So when he started, like uh, he was working with Lehman Brothers, and uh, he decided to quit at the time he was about forty, and he was going to join hands with his partner, who was Pete. Um, I think Pete Peterson, who was sixty-one at that time. Huh? For me, I really like the fact that they were okay. really old when they started their entrepreneurial journey. Um, and when they started, oh. they were they were the managers and ex- chief executors of Lehman's investment funds. Yeah, so they were very well known in the Wall Street. Okay, but they decided okay. they were going to come down and raise a one billion dollar fund in for their new startup. Yeah, and they presented sure. their goal, their vision of raising one billion dollar fund. Pete Peterson first initially suggested that let's just start with 50 million, according to the story. Yeah. Okay. And Stephen okay. Schwartzman was like, no, I'm not going to go with like 50 million means like, say, 20, um, 20 funding. Let's say we're going to do a 20 uh, company fundings, which is about a $2.5 million each, which is far lesser than compared to legal fees that, you know, when you pay in such an industry. Yeah. So he was like, no, we need hmm. to go big. And I don't care. That's my high standard that I'm holding on for my And um, because he knows that like the upside is that you have enormous potential. Um, but in order to do that, he also needed to go and not just him. He is a 10, like he's a 10 on 10 businessman. But he needed to bring in other 10 on 10 co-workers to build it. Yeah. And so for him being an eight or being somebody in that normal, just slightly Mm. better was not enough. You needed to be way better than everybody else. So which meant that you needed Mm. to have some personal level of standards that shone through everybody else. And but at the same time, like sort of dream such a vision in your head, perfect it. 
and your world might not yet have it but sort of experience it assess it and sculpt it and at some point it's going to be able to convince um others to come on board with you either you know they would want to join your journey or that they'll abandon the client like they were working with because they've seen how far better you are so in that manner the standards uh and he he sort of speaks to in a very detached way to say that you will have pain and disappointment but it is something that you you know that's a part of you trying to put out that perfect vision so in some level for me that standards or excellence i think you pointed out right like this detached manner um i think the question that arose in me was am i capable of being a 10 on 10 without attachment to it because if you didn't have it is it really even possible you know so um i think i am on board about standards with you i think it is needed because i think i feel too as a part of this conversation that i've had with you um a question has sort of asked me what is it that i want to do um so i think although i think i am also on the on the side that i want to still keep putting out that work because that will help me move towards that standard in a detached manner because the more i put myself out the pain and the disappointment is something that i would get extremely comfortable with that it will no longer matter you know that suffering will no longer exist so i'll just leave there i think the the story about that creative i think shaming i think what i was going to say was this when i was i think 15 no no uh, no more, no more, no more. Uh, uh, c- yeah. can you can you can you can you slow the energy down if you're going to share a story sure. because yeah. because otherwise uh, it, it, it's it's it won't be, it won't be nice to it, it's not easy to enjoy so i want you to sort of uh, yeah yeah just uh, yeah. slow yourself down because otherwise if you're trying to rush and tell that story it, it doesn't mean much. no no i will i will because like sorry this is so exciting to talk about that few things that i'd written so i did go into a very performative element right now <laughs> no 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 not really you, you seem to be really thrilled it didn't it didn't it didn't come across as a, a fake but yeah yeah i want you to sort of slow that because you did make some comments towards the end of it about 10 on 10 and and those things and uh, which are i think beautiful threads in itself and i just wanted to say something about like a line from the bhagavad gita you know with the uh, uh, not a line i mean the the general premise if uh, non attachment to the fruits of of one's uh, uh doing right like a, like a karma yoga uh but the problem is most human beings fail at that but they because they are coming with one eye on the outcome like you got one eye you can't be like okay okay i'll do this whole non attachment thing uh, to fruits but if i do that i'm going to get the fruits right so that 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 you know the, because the message is very paradoxical and it it sounds paradoxical because it is referring to a very different uh, for the lack of a better word uh, or lack of a useful word orientation it's not even an orientation but it's a lack of uh, it is it is sort of catering to a different orientation and not the same dissecting mental one uh so even what you're saying this whole thing about okay i'm going to have uh, 
uh, very high standards, but I'm going to be non-attached to it. I think it, it all comes down to you can you can be moved uh, you can be moved by that idea of, of of that large ambition, but fundamentally, what you have to you you can have that as a sort of a, a destination or something that coheres all your energies and and your organization's energies, like you said, attract people, but. In reality, what is moving you is the pain and the disappointment, and like that is what you have to love, right? Like, like you, you, you are like, like if they, if if you go like, oh man, I am in a way really in love with the volatility and the constant rejection, and there's a sort of thrill I have to this. Uh, then that's that's what really matters, you know. And and this other setting thing is just a thing that happens to you it's like it's like somebody goes to the gym and and they work out like hours and hours you know perfecting that that squat or whatever and and then and there's a lot of pain there's a lot of physical pain literally right or or, or or contraction and they really like it they don't like it in the moment but they like they like that you know in, in a sense you know so there, there's some a sense of meaning and pleasure and you know in that process so i think if if that is what you're attached to or attracted by then then those standards sort of cohere but if it isn't then you know if it's decoupled uh, uh, you know and i think i'm of course i'm saying something very obvious here but uh, yeah so i say yeah if you if you feel your attraction to the journey is 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 intense then having high standards you know it, it sort of coheres so yeah uh, uh, back to back to i want you to end, end your story uh, which might be a very interesting thing to pick up from the next time around, which is about fear and how early impressions, if, if it's the same story, I think you're going to say. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let me also sort of lay back and sort of uh, relax and sort of, uh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, go for it, Naman. Thank you. Um, this was um, back in I think when I was 15 um, so me and another classmate of mine were going to make these two greeting cards for our teachers for teacher's day I think I think for, I don't know children's day or teacher's day and um, my other friend was um, she's a very creative girl uh, she's a she could paint well and she had access to like I think when she brought her card it had a nice acrylic painting of a boss I think that's how I remember that um, and uh, and you know written happy teacher's day in and like you know nice um, on that on that particular giant um, uh, card um, and I had made a greeting card uh, where I had used like sketch pens and written on it and uh, and you know like drawn it like stenciled kind of things on it yeah um, and what happened was so I I mean the moment I saw her card I knew it looked way better yeah like there was already a sense of an inferior oh what did I do and look at what's been the other thing and um, that so, bitch 
school leaders and all of them and so they made a choice to sort of put that card her card out to the teachers in the teacher staff room while my card was shared with the 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 janitors and the cleaning staff and all of them yeah and you know like <laughs> a part of me was just absolutely like torn sad and shocked also i mean i knew i i knew the other card was way better and you know the first thing that comes into my head actually it didn't it didn't this i had never talked about it to anyone after it yeah i not talked about it at all and it returned to me on one particular day i was visiting my therapist some 4 5 years back in boston like on the way to her office is when i suddenly remembered and then it struck me all my life in my 20s i had constantly i had always believed creativity was missing in me like you know i you and i have this book right like this whole uh artist way of you know this particular book right morning pages journal and so forth i had yeah. bought this book yeah, yeah, yeah. wanting to sort of make myself more creative and all of that yeah like when i was uh-huh. yeah. and I always thought I was never creative but the evidence is contrary I won poetry contests at school like like we were all a part of our school in the cultural competitions where I I represented my school in poetry I wrote essays um and then I was a I was an extremely good dancer I was a musician and like some of the dance choreographies at me and my other you know fellow students were all done together we won prizes so there wasn't anything and i have doubt about like how creative i was yeah But with the evidence if somebody had only sat down with me and like told me sharana you know it's not real that you're not creative it's just in your head that you think you you're not and yeah. to be honest that i carried over that thought process for 30 plus years and that struck me how much we are impressioned by tiny moments of sh- like these these are called shame triggers in brene brown's dictionary like you know when she mentions it and so those are some impressions that sometimes we don't know that we leave on children but their perception of who they are becomes changed after that trigger and so it's possible that some child was told oh i don't want you to draw a horse like this and instantly comes to believe that oh something is terribly wrong in the way i draw i'm not a good person i don't draw well but creativity being like you know only in some people versus the other it's it's like a myth so that's what i understood so which is was the beginning of my journey to say okay you know what like i'm not going to hold back on thinking i would i would really um i would stop myself from putting that out and to be honest it was because i put out my blogs i think i landed you here <laughs> i i had no idea who my audience is for my blog were but there came a guy day when a guy read yeah, and loved yeah. me, right so 
So you never know what yeah. happens. Who's that girl? That's why I said uh, <laughs> the visible version, right? Like we all, I think you said famous and popular. I think I want to, I want to put the term visibility. I think we all do this for visibility. I don't want to call it popular, call it, and that visibility is very a subjective term. And yeah. I think my my Mac is going to be plugged out into to sleep soon if I don't put the charger on. Yeah, yeah. So I think we should we should like yes. So and stop the second. Yeah, we should we should wrap it up. Yeah, no, even uh, the visibility. That's what I was saying. I mean, the, our desire to be seen, you know, and in some sense. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, I I think think we I think I've lost you. All right, that's a very smooth landing. There's a good reason, Namo, why I have standards. Okay, Namo, let's end the goddamn podcast. Namnesh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think you heard what I said. Thank God. Um, so, Namo, uh, yeah, okay. No, I, 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 what I wanted to say is something profound that in your story about uh, your, your, your innocent uh, childhood story where uh, the other girl's uh, was represents uh, unattainable standards, uh, in that story, <laughs> there is a, a underlying uh, story about janitors. <laughs> I feel, I feel how, I feel there's a, uh, a, a genuine story about the underclass hidden somewhere where we can mine that. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I don't think that joke landed uh, as usual. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Numu? Okay. Not, not, nothing new. Okay. I think, I think, uh, I think oh, I'm done. Yeah. And the, the, the final verdict is uh, this podcast sucks. No, 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 you're yelling into the, the mic. You're really yelling into the mic. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, it's very, very awesome podcast. Uh, uh, we're going to have uh, paparazzi outside our house. So, okay, all right, no more. No, I'm really hungry. Okay, bye, bye, no more. Okay, bye, 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 bye.